Unlocking the secret to better parenting. This is Growing Pains on the Light Breakfast. And this morning we're with our resident child psychologist, Kachiana Asman. Kachiana, what's sleep independence when we're talking about kids? When I think about sleep independence, I immediately think about a child's ability to manage that part of their daily routine without much assistance, right? So we're not just talking about going to bed and sleeping in their own bed the whole night, but I'm also thinking about their ability to prepare for sleep every night, you know, so kind of like getting into bed, you know, putting on their pajamas, soothing themselves to sleep, right? Mm -hmm. So not requiring mom and dad to kind of lull them into sleep. So I would say when I think about sleep independence or when people discuss it, it's often with regards to a child's ability to manage that part of their day on their own. Katiana, there are lots of books out there on how to get our kids to sleep independently, but why is it really important that they do? Well, because I think that it is a very big part of the growth process and the developmental milestones to be able to fall asleep independently. And of course, as they get older, sleep is extremely important regardless of how old your child is, but never more so as they kind of go through school and have all these day-to-day things that they would have to accomplish. And so I think that when a child struggles to fall asleep independently and sleep and get quality sleep throughout the night, you are running the risk of them suffering from sleep deprivation or sleep deficit, which is going to impact their ability to function day to day. So, you know, the body looks at sleep, not just the brain, but as the body as a whole requires an adequate amount of sleep in order to do all of the things that it needs day to day. Um, A lot of the restorative functions that we need as human beings take place in the nighttime when we are asleep. And so when a child isn't running on adequate sleep, and I'm sure every parent who's ever read about sleep training will know just that kids actually require a heck of a lot more sleep um, Mm. than we realize the eight hour rule does not apply to children it's a lot more than that and so when parents struggle with the sleep process they will often see a lot of other issues such as behavioral issues attentional issues and things like that kind of come into the fold so it's extremely important for kids to get this done and if they can do it independently as early as possible then you know more all the better I mean, in Asia, you know, we tend to lie on the children and pat and carry and, you know, rock and all those kinds of things. So what's a good age to start introducing this concept? To be honest, like, I mean, I myself am looking into sleep training. It's something I need to do soon. And, you know, a lot of books say that you can start as early as, you know, infancy, right? It's something that you can start to do when the child is in a few months age, a few months old age-wise. So I think that, yes, of course, I think children will likely fall asleep a lot faster if mom and dad are kind of like swaying them to sleep and patting them and things like that. But I think I would probably say that by the time your child is about one, I would probably want to start looking into it if you have already to try to introduce more independence. I mean, I'm not expecting you to overnight leave your child in their room and shut the door in the dark and expect them to fall asleep. Right. You, know, it's something, yeah. you know, it's something that you kind of have to teach them to do gradually. But I would say that if your child is about one, it should absolutely be something that you are doing or at least getting on the road to doing. You talk in terms of independence and getting them used to the idea. So what are we talking about? Like putting them back down when they're awake or what, what sort of range are we talking about here? It comes in a lot of different forms. I've seen some forms of sleep training where you know mom and dad are able to go into bed read their child a book it's part of their nighttime routine so it's not like you're telling your child put on your pajamas and head to bed mom and dad are still very much a part of that process and they do go into the room on their child's room and spend a little bit of time there some parents will even stay until the child is getting a little bit kind of groggy but not Mm. fully fully asleep before they leave the room some parents will stay in the room the entire time but not interact with the child 
also just sit in the corner and read a book or do something. So the child has that sense of security. But I think that it's about having the child be more responsible towards their own self-soothing and going to sleep without mom and dad kind of assisting with the, like Asha was saying, the swing and the padding and mm. things like that. Mm. I've seen some techniques where they put the child in the room, mom and dad kind of leave. And every time the child kind of comes out of the room, you just take the child back and put them into bed. So there are a lot of different approaches that I've seen parents take. But of course, I think that the goal at the end of the day is for the child to be able to know how to put themselves to sleep or calm themselves enough to fall asleep without needing mom and dad to kind of be there the entire time. I had a very preemie baby and Mm. uh, sleep initially was a bit of a nightmare, uh, Mm. (laughs) figuring that out. But, you know, as my son got older, different challenges started to arise. And I know that sometimes I was really patient, but when he was a little bit older because he went on to toddlerhood, right? Mm-hmm. bigger problems started to sort of rear its ugly head and challenges mm-hmm. arose. And I know I'm not the only parent. So mm-hmm. what's important for caregivers to understand about any kind of pushback with a child that you're trying to sort of teach to have sleep mm-hmm. independence? I think it applies to not just with sleep, but with any type of, I guess, like training that we're trying to do with a child, right? Because up until that point in their life, they've always done things in that particular way. And so now that we're trying to teach them a new method, there's always going to be pushback, right? And it doesn't matter whether it's training your child on screen time or training your child on sleep or eating habits and things like that. Anytime you're trying to introduce something new, the child is going to push back because it goes against what they've been doing up until that point, right? And I think that what I would tell parents is that don't be deterred, one. And two, to know that this isn't because they're trying to be defiant and that they're trying to make your lives difficult. Yes. They might feel that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm sure, you know, in the wee hours of the morning when they're fighting you on sleep, it might feel that way. Um, but Ultimately, it's because they have maybe grown accustomed and comfortable with the way things have been. And this is something new. And so they're going to need a little bit of time to adjust and understand that one, that they're able to do it. And two, that, you know, it's not going to cause some scary consequence, right? Mm. If the child has always had you in the room and then to all of a sudden find out that they have to figure it out on their own, it is a scary concept for them, right? Being in the room by themselves, in the dark and things like that. So the pushback is normal. Some children don't, but most of the kids that I know and that I work with do in some way. And I think that if parents are consistent and if parents don't make it a negative experience for kids, meaning, you know, getting upset, yelling at them, chastising them, things like that, then the kids will pick up sooner, you know, at some point, right? So kind Mm. of don't get too offended by the pushback. I have a question about not having enough sleep independence. And we're not Mm. talking about a deficit of sleep per se, Mm. but the ability to calm themselves, sleep alone, those sorts of things. How will they affect kids as they grow up, perhaps even into adulthood, if that's possible? Does that happen? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think that it's about dependency, right? I mean, so they've Mm. they've created a dependency on their caregivers to help them with regards to sleep. And so off the top of my head, how I see that being an issue is that they're going to constantly require some type of assistance with regards to sleep. And that will create sleep problems later on in life. Because obviously, mom and dad might not always be available to do that. Kids go off to camp. I remember, you know, when I was in high school and we had to do camps every so often. And there were some kids who really struggled with sleep not because necessarily mom and dad were putting them to sleep, but they often shared rooms with other siblings. And so there was Mm. some type of dependency on their siblings, Mm. for example. 
I think that that's something that really can impact their ability to rest when they don't have the things that they're usually dependent on or the people they're dependent on. I don't know if there is a connection here, but I wonder if that's also part of why there are some adults who find it very difficult to sleep. They call themselves insomniacs and they can't really fall asleep and they often need sleep aids. They need to have certain routines and rituals that they do. And so I don't know whether there was that type of connection from early childhood on their ability to fall asleep mm. without assistance. And so I think when you don't have the ability to do that without that help, I think opening the door towards a sleep deficit is very easy. So yeah, I see that kind of being the next step.